we a uh, couple things I want to make mention of real quick uh, of just things going on so that you're aware. We didn't get to say this in the service first service last week. Uh, our golf scramble. Uh, I know many of you've been asking. You know, will we find out. You know, you know what we what we raised and all that. And so, just to let you know, we did raise uh, at the golf scramble fourteen thousand and six hundred dollars uh, and some change. But uh, yeah, go for that. That's good stuff. And uh, uh, if you didn't know, that money is going toward uh, future uh, technology stuff for our uh, kids and student room uh, that's next door here that we've always affectionately called Kids Church. Uh, but we're trying to get that room to where uh, it can house fuel on Wednesday nights. Uh, they currently meet in here, which is fine, uh, except for uh, it's, you know, it's a big space and you kind of lose the intimacy factor. And so, um, you know, I, I think this is like super important for us the church to, to be after. But anyway, the, that money will be going toward, you know, helping do uh, sound treatment, a sound system, uh, some lighting and stuff. We, we've desperately needed to do a bunch of stuff in there for a long time and uh, have limped along. And uh, But anyway, thank you for everybody that helped with the golf scramble to Matt Chance and so many others that uh, did so much. Jeff Menifee, uh, Jen, and all those folks, thank you so much for for uh, giving your time and your talents to help make something like that happen. Uh, I know Ben will make mention of it. Plunge is next week, so we won't be here next week, okay? So, and uh, Doc was just showing me the uh, the weather forecast. going to get a little cool. Uh, I'm excited about that. It might be a polar plunge before it's over with, and, uh, and that's that's all right. So, um, but uh, anyway, we've got a serve Sunday coming up as well. Uh, that's on the books in October, I think the 22nd, uh, so be looking for that. Um, and I'm, I'm actually going to, me and one of the guys from church going to ride up and, and scout some projects this coming Wednesday afternoon. If you're bored and you love that kind of thing and you want to go with us, that's fine. Uh, we're going to leave here at two. But uh, anyway, some good stuff happening and coming up, So, uh, which is good after days like uh, college football days for some of you yesterday. So uh, every, everybody needs a little hope beyond uh, their favorite sports team. We'll talk a little bit about that here in a minute. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, we're uh, we're in Peter. Uh, well, we're talking about Peter, and uh, we've uh, been talking about Peter here for a little while. We're in the scriptures, and uh, today we're in Acts chapter 12. If you've got a Bible and you want to get it out and go there, or if you don't have one, our ushers will bring you one. And if you don't own one, you can keep that one. Uh, but would love for you to uh, to take a copy of it and. Uh, uh, would love for you to take that with you. Uh, but Acts 12 is where we're going today. This is actually going to be our last installment of Peter. Uh, and so, uh, and to be honest with you, I feel, uh, I feel a little bit like we're shortchanging Peter because there's still so much more, uh, you know, to Peter and to Peter's life. And then, you know, the things that we believe that he wrote. Uh, such as the books, uh, you know, First and Second Peter, uh, which we've not touched. If you've noticed. Uh, I've, I kind of approach this as let's let's hit this as you know Peter's life and you know not so much you know his teaching so to speak but uh, and that's part of it too uh, and who knows maybe one day we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll we'll do Peter part two but um, for today uh, we're going to shut Peter down after after today uh, we'll have plunge next week of course we again we won't be here we will be at Cheatham Dam we hope that you will come and bring some food and have a great time I think we have uh, right around 34 people signed up to be baptized next week so it should be an awesome morning uh, we're excited about that 
Um, and then uh, after that, we're gonna we're gonna be hitting a series on Romans chapter eight, uh, starting starting the week after that. So excited about all that. Um, so this uh, this passage that we're studying on Peter today uh, is kind of following the passage that we studied last week, um, and you know the things that. Uh, we saw, you know, we talked about the Holy Spirit. We saw that the Holy Spirit came and fell on the Gentile people. This uh, was going to get all the the Jewish uh, folks all jacked up because uh, that were Christians because they, you know, were super religious and were still kind of thinking that all these little religious things that they were doing as part of what was saving them. But the truth is, is it's all about Jesus, right? And no little religious things can save us. Um, and so, uh, if you actually read through, and I encourage you to do so uh, today or this week or sometime. Uh, go back and read chapter 11. If you go back and read chapter 11, it shows Peter going back and then telling the people in Jerusalem, telling uh, Jewish Christians uh, what happened. And at first, they're like, bro, what are you doing hanging out with Gentiles? You know, and, you know, he's like, hey, hold your horses. Let me tell you a story. And so he begins to tell them all about, you know, how uh, the Holy Spirit came when, while he was speaking to them and sharing with them the gospel that the Holy Spirit came and fell on these people and just saved these people and how crazy it was, you know? And, and I love, by the way, love these stories, right? Love getting to see God work in such amazing ways. Uh, you know, we've been singing, you know, this morning things like unstoppable God, let your glory go on and on, impossible things in your name, they shall be done. And we love thinking that our God is that God. But the truth is, if we're being real honest with ourselves, we don't always operate day by day like that's our God. Like we're, we're out here like, you know, overly anxious and worried and, you know, all these things and, oh, what's going to happen? And, you know, and I don't know, uh, that'll never work. And, you know, all these kinds of things. And the truth is, is that God's bigger than all these things. And he'll do whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, how he wants to do it. Some of our Hope Center guys are here this morning. Love having these guys with us. Uh, they're hanging out with us. We're uh, working on uh, seeing a new Hope Center started, as many of you know, that have been a part of our church now for some time. You know, this is one of those things. I can imagine if I had brought to our church 10 years ago, you know, hey, we're going to raise $200,000 to start, help start a sober living house. And we're going to sponsor it as a church. And we're going to minister to those folks and get to love on those folks and all that. And how exciting will that be? And, and I, I'm going to say that if we had said that 10 years ago, people have been like, do what? We're going, what? Chris, we can't pay the electric bill for our church, right? You know? And... I think that we are bad sometimes at looking back and being reminded of where God has brought us from to where he's brought us to. And we need to spend more time thinking about that. We need to be reminded. He, he needs and deserves to get the glory for that. Because it's, it's not about us. It's not about what we've done between here and there. It's about what he's done between there and here, right? And so this morning, Peter continues in sharing the gospel, and then he gets arrested. And that's kind of where we're picking up today. And in fact, we've got a, we've got a king in town, uh, Herod Agrippa I, and 
This is the uh, great-grandson of Herod the Great, by the way. So historically, you can actually track almost all these things that happen. Well, all these things that happen, you can track all of them historically, even outside of Scripture, uh, as that they are happening and the years that they happened and all these things. I mean, it's, it's so cool to, to get to read some of that stuff alongside of reading the Scriptures, you know. And so, uh, you know, what we've got here is we've got Peter sharing Jesus telling the people in Jerusalem about the movement of the Lord and the Holy Spirit coming down and all these kinds of things and just some crazy awesome stuff, right? And then the people of Jerusalem, the, the Christian, uh, the Jewish Christians actually, you know, I, I, you know, as I'm reading along, I, I couldn't remember. I was like, oh, you know, what's their response to this? They're, they're like, oh, okay. They got the Holy Spirit like we got the Holy Spirit. I guess, I guess it's just game on. It's just whoever can be a Christian now, right? And Peter, of course, is like, yeah, that's, that was the point. You know, all nations, you know, all the peoples. And so Peter reports back to them about the Gentiles, but then he also shares about a vision that he had, and he has this crazy vision. Uh, and he talks about this now, the second time he's been talking about this, but he talks about this earlier, a few chapters ago, uh, where God gives him this vision uh, that makes it okay basically to eat bacon, okay? the short of that. Praise the Lord. Thank you. And then we come to Acts chapter 12 and verse 1. And I want to read Acts chapter 12 and verse 1, and this is what it says. And it says, And about that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Boom. So here's what we got. King Herod, not happy about people talking about Jesus. You know, kings are kind of bad about that. King, kings, kings are usually like super into themselves. This guy was no different. He was super into himself. He didn't want to be threatened by any other possible kingly type people in the area. And of course, you know, so much of this happening through scripture that we see is because in these situations, they don't even really understand the kind of king that Jesus had come to be, right? But either way, they feel threatened because people are talking about somebody else. So we got to do away with this. And so they start, you know, they've been hunting Christians now for a little while, all right? And so, uh, and Paul was a part of that. Now Paul switched teams. Now he's on our team, you know, and we see that. And that's kind of interwoven in some of these scriptures. And then even further beyond this passage, actually, through the book of Acts, you see really, you really begin to see Paul stretching his legs and just going out and doing his thing and sharing Jesus with everybody after he was one of those people that had been killing Christians, right? And so now we've got this king who has not just been hunting people down and putting them in prison, but he's been killing them. And it starts out, this is a, this is a rough start, to be honest with you. I mean, if you look at it about that time, verse 1, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belong to the church. Verse 2, he killed James. 
the brother of John with the sword. So I mean, I mean, right off the bat, we're we're seeing, you know, that he is serious, and he has killed James. He has killed now one of the apostles of Jesus. This is the brother of John. They were the sons of Zebedee. We get to read about them over and over and over. Remember, you know, and Jesus is constantly, you know, bringing them in and all this kind of thing. And then it goes on and it says, and when he saw it pleased the Jews, we don't really know what it means by that, but there was also this, uh, there was also the death of Stephen who died a martyr. And we jumped that because the series has been more about Peter and and whatnot, but that's in there. We've passed that in the book of Acts. If you want to go back and catch up with that, but that had created, that created a lot of commotion amongst the church and amongst the people. And either way, we don't know exactly why that might be, why it might have pleased the Jews. Uh, but either way it was, you know, to, to help try to get things to calm down, uh, I think is, is possibly, uh, to get people in general, the area to calm down about some of this stuff and, and to get some of the Christians to go into hiding maybe. Uh, but he said, um, and when he saw it, it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. And this was during the days of unleavened bread. And it says, when he seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after Passover to bring him out to the people. So this whole period of time here is part of Passover and the days of unleavened bread was seven days after Passover. And these were holy days. And for a king to have captured somebody and then tried to have killed them during that would have been a no-no. He killed James before that. Okay. By the way, that James is not the brother of Jesus, James, that wrote the book of James. There's two James, right? So that you understand that. And then furthermore, he puts him in jail, and, and, we, and we get the full picture here. He puts him uh, intending, it says in verse 4, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. Why? To kill him. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. So Peter's put in prison, and it is understood. Peter knows that the plan is... They're going to kill me as soon as Passover is over. Happy Holy Week to everybody, right? And so we have this moment. And you're like, well, how does Peter really know that he's going to die? <laughs> Jesus told him he was going to die, right? You remember that, right? Jesus was very clear with Peter. He was like, one day they're going to lead you where you don't want to go, and you're going to die in a way you don't want to die. And they're going to kill Peter. And he knows that they're going to kill Peter because Jesus has already told him that he's going to die for the gospel. Peter could only assume, as he is laying in prison, that he's about to die. But then we get to verse 6. It says, Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and centuries before the door we're guarding the prison. Now, this, this, these quadrants of soldiers that, you know, that you've got here is four soldiers. And my understanding is, is that there would have been four soldiers. He, he was basically given, this is more than your average prisoner, by the way, that he was assigned four soldiers at any given time. Now, they would take turns, different watches of the night, sometimes three hours, sometimes four hours, whatever, you know, but either way, he had four soldiers assigned to him. Why? 
because they didn't want him getting away, right? And so if I'm Peter and I got four soldiers on me and I got chains on me and I got gates that I'd have to get through and Jesus told me I'm going to die for the gospel, I'm going, well, it's time. It's time, right? And here's where things get interesting. Verse 7, it says, And behold, an angel of the Lord, <laughs> an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. You've got to love that. You know, I mean, if I'm a prisoner back 2,000 years ago, and I'm in some dark cell, and just a light showed up, even a dang lightning bug would be, you know, Kind of nice, right? But an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. And check this out. He struck Peter in, on the side and woke him saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. So he's asleep. He's not kind of asleep. He's not in and out of sleep. He's not needing a CPAP machine. All right? He is fast asleep. He is sleeping like a baby. Right? Sleeping like a baby. So much so that the angel being there and the light shone in his dark prison cell isn't enough to wake him up. The angel strikes him on the side to wake him up, saying, get up quickly. And the chains fall off. And it says in verse 8, and the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. In other words, he's like, get your clothes on. It is time to go. Right? I feel like this is us talking to our kids. Lord have mercy. <laughs> dress yourself and put on your sandals. Our, with our kids, it's like, where, where, like we'll be somewhere else, not even at our home. Where are your shoes? They're not on your feet. You don't know. Okay, great. We'll just buy another pair because, you know, we're the shoe factory. Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And I love this. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real. And he thought he was seeing a vision. He thought he was having a dream. Right? Peter is clueless. <laughs> like he doesn't realize this is real. And in verse 10, and when they had passed the first and the second guard... They came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them on, of its own accord, and they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel, poof, left him. Boom, gone. And when Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. 
And I'm sure, you know, I'm just, I'm again, I, I just keep placing myself trying to think about what it must have been like to be Peter throughout this, as we've been teaching through this, you know, and again, I'm having one of those moments where I'm just like, if I'm Peter, I'm just going, but I thought I was going to die. I was just sure of it. And he thinks he's dreaming and he's not. This is really happening. But he keeps going. In verse 12, it says, But when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother.